You're listening to Cinema Snarks. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And we are going to tell you how we really feel. And today we're telling you how we really feel about the entire MCU as we rank all 24 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, including this past weekend's recent release of Black Widow. So I think we both did a rewatch over quarantine to some point or another. Is that correct? Yes, what else are you going to do during quarantine except rewatch everything you've already seen? <laughs> Watch these humongous <laughs> franchises who yep. continue to release films every single year. Rewatch Sometimes Marvel, multiple. all of The Office again, all of Parks and Rec again, all of Golden Girls again. You know, just yeah. keep really yeah. cycling through. And then we both saw Black Widow. Yay. Make yeah. sure to head over there and listen to our full Black Widow review, which was recently posted. We're not going to touch much on Black Widow when we get to that film in our ranking. So you'll definitely want to check out our review to hear our full thoughts on why we put it where we did. Right in the uh, middle. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. There you go. Spoiler uh, alert. It's okay. <laughs> but today, now we're ready to embark on everyone's favorite activity. If you go on YouTube, I'm sure everyone has ranked the MCU. It's what people love. It's what they do. We're all about ranking things in this film space. So let's get to it. We've combined Ren's ranking with my ranking to get an average. And thus, a new ranking is born. So <laughs> Really exciting. I haven't seen the ranking. I no. know some of the ones we had in common, but I this is going to be exciting reveal for me as well. <laughs> we, we have some very different opinions on a few films a couple of films we placed in the exact same spot so there will be interesting things up and down the one at the top and the one at the bottom i'm gonna bet that's uh probably <laughs> uh let's just say when ren sent her ranking to me i almost just threw it in the garbage and passed off my own <laughs> ranking as the official ranking but i said no let's let's be fair i guess this is a collaborative process i suppose uh, we have to risk back to each other's opinions <laughs> again you know let's get into this ranking and we start off with a tie for number 23 and number 24 <laughs> we had them swapped we both had them in 23 and 24 we just had them swapped so we have the incredible hulk and iron man 2 as both of our least favorite films so before i did a rewatch during covid i had the incredible hulk last um but wow, I don't know. I just think Iron Man 2 is a mess. Uh, when I watched it again, I was like, oh, wow, it's really a jumbled mess. Like, yeah. The Incredible Hulk is pretty boring, but at least it's more, it's more cohesive to me than Iron Man 2. So I, I flipped them. Uh, I still don't. I, the Incredible Hulk, I couldn't care less about. We have the one character, the William Hurt character, is literally the tie-in from the, the Incredible Hulk that, to the yeah. rest of Marvel. Uh, it's just okay. Uh, so I... I just, so a lot of it when, so me and I did like a full rewatch of the movies over the course of the pandemic. Um, as I've said, my husband is a big Marvel nerd. So he had this whole thing where he was like playing this like game with the Marvel miniatures. And he wanted to rewatch them while he painted the miniatures yes. because he's that guy. He's, he's, I love it. <laughs> he's all about it. So we sat down and we watched them. Um, we didn't watch them in chronological order. We watched them in like the suggested order so that the, um, the like cutscenes at the end kind of blend into each other. So it's close to the order that they came out, but some of the things are swapped so that like 
the lead-ins make more sense, right? So like, like you have Iron uh, Black Widow shows up at the end of uh, like Iron Man. This is Iron Man two, two. or Iron? Uh, yeah. So Black Widow shows up at the Iron end of Iron Man two, and then you go into Avengers because it's like the first time that you actually see her. Um, yeah, I, she but, was like the best part about Iron Man two. Yeah. Really. So while we were, I was watching these, it kind of was it kind of ended up getting divided into like the ones that I actively liked. And the ones that I actively was like, this is bad. And I just remember the Hulk and Iron Man 2 both being like, this is bad. This is really not bad. I think the only reason that Iron Man went a little higher than the Hulk is that comedy aspect. Like, it's more the, fun. There was still jokes that made me laugh. I still enjoyed parts of watching Iron Man, even though it was a hot mess that made yeah. no sense. Um, I, it was better. It was more enjoyable than the Hulk, which like was bad and also didn't make a ton of sense no, and was like i mean abomination was- is kind of cool but not in the way they executed abomination no. in that film uh would you prefer edward norton or mark ruffalo as, as bruce banner i don't like either of them to be honest i've yet to see a bruce banner that i like as the hulk <sighs> I think I will say this. I think I liked the design in that Hulk movie. Like he looked menacing in that. And they they started to ease up on Hulk being mean. They made him very cartoony as he moved on. And And I did like that menacing look of the the Edward Norton Hulk. Mark Ruffalo makes more sense as as the cartoony version of Hulk. Um, But yeah, so I read that um, Ed Norton kind of got kicked out mostly mostly because he was very deeply inspired by the dark knight and christopher nolan's approach to superhero films and wanted the hulk to go in that direction and marvel was like nah man that's not our bag and good for them because they knew that was not the way to go and that is not what people want in a superhero comic book film and even if Um, they do they want one like we don't need to have every single superhero movie be that that's cool it has its lane but this also has a lane and clearly it's been a huge successful lane hold on sorry my dog is having a super grim in the background um but yeah, of course, we have Bruce Banner as right. Edward Norton. We have good old Mark Ruffalo now. And as I said, really the only tying factor. I mean, who was it? Liv Tyler? Just, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it was just, yeah. <laughs> it was okay. Right. It was fine. It was mostly bad. So I think we stick with the general consensus in our bottom three. This seems to be, most people agree, these are kind of the worst when it comes to Marvel. Coming in at number 22, we have Thor, The Dark World. Hmm. So the sequel to Thor, we changed directors. Fun fact, every single Thor film has had a different director up to this point. Uh, We start with Kenneth Branagh. Then it was supposed to be Patty Jenkins directing Thor, The Dark World. But that got cut. Natalie Portman basically was like, oh, this sucks. And uh, her performance showed that that's how she felt in this film. Wow, this sucks. Uh, now I'm like really interested. Having seen Wonder Woman 1984, I'm very interested in about the alternate reality where Patty Jenkins did direct <laughs> for the Dark World, because maybe maybe in that I don't know I don't know what would have happened in that universe. In that universe, would she have done just as bad a job yeah. and then ended up like not getting to direct Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, which is awesome? Yeah. I don't think it would have. Yeah, because. I think crazy. Well, because then would DC get her because she did Marvel? Would they still be like, hmm? Yeah, this is the hot mess. But let's grab her anyway, or would they have went with somebody else? It would have been crazy. Oh, 
thankfully but, we got wonder woman out of her dropping out and or you know whatever happened with thor the dark world we got mm-hmm. wonder woman out of it which is great and i'm glad yes and patty jenkins is allowed to direct she's not allowed yes. to write films that's no, it she's no more writing for her and and we see plenty of other flop male directors get tons of other chances and totally. tons of money. So let she, women directors fail every now and then. She's a fantastic director. She does a very good job with a script she didn't write. She doesn't have the ability to look at her own work and say, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but if they had cut down on the romance, I think it would have been a more fun movie because I do think everything between Thor and Loki in for oh, the yeah. dark world is great world. they they have a great chemistry i think tom hiddleston and chris hemsworth work great together mm-hmm. i love that dynamic even kind of the stuff obviously with their mom that, dying i was gonna say that's the movie where the mom dies yeah and i like renee russo a lot i like that you get great. to know freya oh, a little bit better in that film oh her one moment in Endgame that we'll get to later is so good it's like one of the best uh, i wish she had been another fantastic actor that was just kind of there uh yeah. she could have had a great role but that's the good stuff it's everything on earth it's everything with natalie portman with kat dennings and their whole team running around that's just like and the villain is terrible malekith is like no personality like yeah. just this alien race that is here uh, it, yeah. yeah if it had just focused on thor loki and their family i think it would have been great but yeah. only about half the movie focuses on that. So, yeah, well, and then it, it is just like a terrible way for Jane Foster to go out where it's like, I'm sick with this power. And she's like, yeah, I hate that shit when women in superhero movies and action movies are effectively useless. I hate that shit. And I don't blame her for being like, I can understand. She saw that script and was like, oh, this is what you're doing with my character. Peace out. I'm going to give a terrible performance and I'm not coming back for Thor 3. Remember when I was a genius in the last one that saved the world? Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to that. I I do appreciate that she's coming back to be Lady Thor. Like that feels like justice. And that's like like appropriate. Taika Waititi being like, hey. Hey uh, I know you wanted out <laughs> and she was like oh hey you want to give me something awesome to do yes I'll yeah. come back for you Taika I'll come back for this script uh the rest of that trash no but <laughs> so moving along next we have what might be controversial because I know a lot of people love it we both had it pretty low on our list we have at number 20 Guardians of the Galaxy volume 2 so my issue with this movie has always been the jokes are good. They're okay. They're fine. It's just like, I don't care about anything. There's too many plot lines in that movie. They split them up. They split yeah. up the guardians. That's- they split up the guardians, which you like their banter. That's what yeah. made the first movie good was the guardians hanging out with each other and like playing around. Yeah. Like I, I'm here for, I, I deeply enjoyed the uh, Kurt Russell as a the weird de-aging on Kurt Russell as like a young guy in the 70s. That was and I think I remember that distinctly because that was like the first time when I had a reference point. Right. Like I know what Kurt Russell looked like when he was young and hot and he they did a good job. He looked like young, hot Kurt Russell. Uh, That was the best part of the movie for me, I think. Um, Other than that, it's like the you know, they create this love story thing that I'm still you you don't they they just haven't had an arc between Gamora and um 
Star Lord. So you don't really. And, the, and they have other dynamics in it. Like, that's just, yeah, there's too much. And the other dynamics are more interesting. Like, Star Lord yeah. and his father who killed his mother, more interesting dynamic. Yes. Lamora trying to make amends and find that common ground with her sister, Nebula, much yeah. more interesting. Like, yeah. so those two subplots are the more interesting ones. The romance is not. And then we're left with like Groot and Rocket and Drax with nothing really to do. Like they're, and those are some of the characters we adored in the first film. Yeah. Plus, I thought Drax, I don't know, everybody else's comedy still worked. Drax's comedy did not work for me in the sequel. He literally spent the whole film insulting this new character, Mantis, calling her ugly. Like it was really weird. I don't know why they chose to go that route with his character. that's that's like oh that feels like 80s humor right it feels like this outdated form of humor <laughs> where like ha 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 we're going to call people ugly and Look that's the funny ugly girl. yeah like, i mean and like obvious, it's obviously she's not supposed to be ugly but it's just like childish and kind of dumb and like a and little his bit character also swayed away from the literalism of the first film like that was also that's that part of his funness. point yeah in the second film he's saying things that are objectively just you can't even interpret it to be any sort of truth in his eyes it just is yeah, yeah. Jax, he brought the movie down for me i was like oh god they really went wayward with his character mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on and it was just too many stories i agree all right so number 19 we sorry have... real quick but baby Groot is adorable Baby Groot, listen, when Baby that's Groot the- goes on that little mission, yes, that is yeah. like, that's another one you of the bring best it, parts of the movie. back the one thing, yeah, that's the best sequence that of the entire amazing. film. <laughs> is Baby Groot stealing things uh, and yeah. dancing, him dancing yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Baby Groot is Baby Groot is the best thing that came out of that film. Hands down. <laughs> All right. So number 19, we have Avengers Age of Ultron. So another sequel near the bottom of our list. This is actually our fourth already uh, second films in their series to come in the bottom five of the ranking. Age of Ultron, just again, uh, we introduced that horrible Natasha and Hulk romance out of left field made no sense i'm sorry mark ruffalo and scarlett johansson just no didn't chemistry. have any chemistry no. at all no. it was it was bad i, was like, I don't okay. honestly feel like mark ruffalo had much chem i understand he's a very sweet dude but i just don't think he had really had chemistry with anybody in the cast he just seemed out of place to me he to me is like a cute like he belongs in like romantic comedies that that is what he looks like to me uh i just He's like not nerdy enough to be Bruce Banner. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I, I think I probably would prefer Ed Norton because Ed Norton has like a has a nerdy vibe to an extent. But like, I don't I, I, I and I would have I would have much more enjoyed a like legitimately really weird, awkward, nerdy dude with Black Widow. Oh, yeah. Then I would then I enjoyed Mark Ruffalo, who's like he's got he's got too much swagger, man. He's got too much like. <laughs> cute dude cute unassuming dude swagger like it's just yeah where then they pull kind of what they did so they show us a flashback of black widow like that's the first time we get a flashback into her past they also introduce us to clint's family and it's just them trying to like give something to these characters to give them any characters that they didn't humanize at any point before then yeah Yeah. we're like because everyone's just like how is black i mean how is hawkeye still alive and we're like we can't kill him look at his family and the second one it's like oh well who cares about them like honestly (laughs) um 
the stuff with Ultron is good, but it could have been better. Like it could have been a much cooler concept than it was. I think it is. I think James, I like James Spader as the voice of Ultron. I think James Spader is an excellent villain. He just kills it as a villain. Generally, anytime I've seen him, it, yeah. So that stuff, worked a lot for the me. Stuff with them all trying to pick up Thor's hammer is really fun. That's like, yes, the, yes. When we get their downtime, like it's yes. super fun. Um, yes. of the Avengers just hanging out. <laughs> so, so we had like a, we have like a little bit of a difference in our opinions of the first Avengers film. I actually ranked this lower than uh, I. I ranked the second. I ranked the first Avengers lower yeah. than the second Avengers uh, because I at least in the Avengers 2, liked the villain and also thought that the banter between the two was like more fun. And I enjoyed the like the interactions between all the superheroes. Whereas in Avengers, I didn't, they didn't make any sense. The like ways that they were acting with each other and the ways that they interacted with each other was like, they don't know each other. Why do they automatically hate each other? (laughs) Is it just so that we have this convenient... (laughs) obstacle to overcome so oh, we'll get into we that a little bit more later but yeah, we, also got, we also got scarlet witch and quicksilver quicksilver highly underutilized i'd say scarlet witch was pretty good in this film i liked seeing her use the witchy part of her powers right off the bat which they go away from later with her until wandavision we get it again um but seeing her like hex all of our heroes was kind of cool but so there's cool stuff in age of ultron it just there's also a lot of stuff that I'm just like, eh, this is yeah. weird and unnecessary. <laughs> so coming in at number 18 is a film we had in the same spot. We both had it ranked at number 15 in our rankings, and that is Black Widow. So oh. we don't need to touch on that. Uh, we just had a full conversation about Black Widow, but Black Widow comes in at number 18. Cool. All right. So moving right along, we have at number 17, Spider-Man Homecoming. This was a movie that I enjoyed the first time I watched it. And then I watched it again and was like, oh, this didn't make any sense. <laughs> this plot makes it's too long and it doesn't make sense. I just have a problem. This one is where I think they really struggled of like, we're trying to keep the Avengers involved with Spider-Man and he needs to have like a big enough event to happen. But we also want to have a really cute, quaint, little high school movie and they just didn't blend them well enough to me like i preferred the quaint cute high school stuff in this movie i would have preferred a legitimate friendly neighborhood spider-man movie where he's just fighting his footing he's doing his crime stuff and he's being a a high schooler because i think tom holland obviously i think tom holland is adorable and i think he's great as peter parker um yeah i yeah i i do like tom holland as peter parker i think he's cute um i I, um, Peter Parker, the animated Peter Parker, it was like my first, like one of my first crushes. <laughs> I, we, we all have like a cartoon we had a crush on at some point in time. So it's somewhere for me, it was Peter Parker on the a- Amazing Spider-Man cartoon. And also who did, was not in love with Jessica Rabbit, who did not have weird cartoon Everywhere. feelings I'm after being Earth. Jessica Rabbit. Um, but, uh, I, I, of all of them, I just really like Andrew Garfield. I don't know. I think he's very cute. I think he does a good job. I, I would, I yearn for a college aged, hot, <laughs> sexy Spider-Man. But one day, maybe we'll get a college aged Spider-Man. Maybe one day. But in the meantime, I get a high school version. Who's Always. Cute. Tom Holland is a very Every adorable time. little man. And he, I think he's good in, in the role. And I like some of, I like the, 
I like the idea that they tried to do with Spider-Man of like, it's not the the things that make you Spider-Man. It's like the heart. It's a very Spider-Man type of yeah, message. Totally. And that reveal is super fun. Um, yeah, the villain one. Yeah, the villain and reveal is first super time. fun. And I will say, I, I, I do like Michael Keaton's villain. I, I like, I tend to really it's enjoy. Yes, he's got a a nuanced view. Yeah. You, you kind, you understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. and he's not a completely irredeemable monster, right? Like, you know, by the end, he, he's not willing to sell out Peter Parker because he's a kid, right? He knows at the end of the day, Spider-Man fucked up his day, but he's also like a <laughs> child and he's not yeah. like, uh, he's not a complete monster, right? Honestly, he's one of the most nuanced villains in all of Marvel. He is. And, is. and so he, I, if we were doing like a villain ranking, he he's would really be way high. higher up. It's just the stuff with Tony Stark, I think that, again, takes it out. If we had just, as you heard, we seem to like most everything that doesn't have to do with Tony Stark. I think it's just shoehorning him in so heavily into yeah. the Spider-Man film. They're just like, oh, what? And then we're going yeah, on like these yeah. little trips. Right. Where, and it, just, it kind of also just made me miss like Uncle Ben uh, because <laughs> Uncle Ben is just like a, he he is the heart of Spider-Man. So it's kind of weird to just like not have the thing that we all know is the heart of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about Aunt May in the next one. I don't mind. Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. I'm cool with a young, hot Aunt May. I just wish they didn't constantly make that her whole yeah. character. I'm I, like, I'm I, cool. Yeah, I, I am. I am not. I am. There's a part of me that is irritated that we took like this one elderly character in comic books and we yeah. just gradually made her younger and hotter. And that to me Each is like a problem series. with our perception of women that we can't let a matronly woman exist in this world. We must make every woman that exists in the Marvel universe unbelievably hot. So that is a problem. Um, but I think, yes, the bigger problem I enjoy Marissa Tomei's character, but like the bigger problem is that they not That's only her hot, they then made her the hot aunt. Everybody in the whole series is just constantly calling yeah. her hot and like drooling over her. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, we've had enough. Like Tony Stark, get out of this living room sitting here drooling. It's too much. But all right. So moving along, we have our other female-led superhero movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At number 16, we have Captain Marvel. So you actually had Captain Marvel as your number 10 above Black Widow. I did. I like Captain. Okay, so here's the thing. Captain Marvel gets tons of points because 90s music. (laughs) I was very excited about the 90s music. I was very excited about the 90s vibe. I'm a 90s kid, right? I'm a millennial. So it totally pushed all of my little personal nostalgia Mm. buttons of like, the blockbuster she fell into a blockbuster <laughs> oh she's using a paper oh, radio shack oh, no, doubt. no doubt <laughs> no doubt was like my band i also like loved nirvana and then i had all this information like we saw the movie together when it came out and yeah. i was like they must have like negotiated with courtney love to put <laughs> stupid garbage music like no sorry like, literally her band is garbage yes. uh it's called garbage um, into the movie so that they could get the rights to actually have Nirvana music because she's just a crazy person about it. She just doesn't want, she owns the rights to all the Nirvana songs and she just doesn't let anybody use them. So it was very cool to see this like in a movie with actual like Kurt Cobain singing. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if it necessarily made a ton of sense every single time, but I was okay with it because I was just like happy about the music. It just like it, it uh, made me feel good. Um, and I liked Brie Larson as I like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Um, I I do think that there is a lack of character development there. I like that she makes the dude bros rage. What can I say? Um, I do I do like that. Um, I do think that there is a little Marvel just generally likes to like avoid anything complicated. They're clearly a like lesbian couple. And I don't like that. They were like, I will, I will riot in the streets. Honestly, (laughs) I'm going to be so mad (laughs) because I guess it doesn't have to be them, but Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson have basically run their own little campaign in interviews and whatever wanting a valkyrie uh, carol relationship in these damn films they both want it they've come out and confirmed that um valkyrie is bisexual in the films we have no confirmation of captain marvel but i'm like girl we all read this hair i'm sorry <laughs> we all are watching this film and we see lesbian we say lesbian like it yeah. just is what it is i'm sorry and this, yes, this is a very close little friendship with a single mom. Um, and you know, I am fine with uh, relationships do not need to be a sexual one. Like I, I am okay with like friendships existing, but it's just so clear that there is more than just a friendship there. Like I just don't have any friends that I am in quite that kind of a relationship with. Um, so yeah, like we, where we like lived together and I helped I mean, raise her child and that's literally the code word for like closeted lesbians. Of the uh, yeah. And you're my, yeah, you're my own, you're my only family. I don't have any mm-hmm. other people in my life. Like again, women are be- definitely better at having like intimate platonic yeah, relationships. Yeah. And I, I am okay with that, but we've all seen intimate platonic relationships on in film. This is not that this is clearly yeah, so that is <laughs> but, that is a failure on the part of the film, I think. Um, I think, I don't know, Captain Marvel, there was just some sort of disconnect. And I don't know if it's that they didn't go far enough into her back, like mm-hmm. into personalizing her. Like, I think she's fun, but it just, there was something, I don't know. I just had a weird kind of disconnect. Like I enjoyed it, but I didn't love like almost anything about it. I had fun enough, but... I don't know. Captain Marvel's just one of those films where I'm like, there's not anything I really like actively dislike about Captain Marvel. There's just also not anything that I particularly love about it either. So it just kind of like fell down the ranks for me. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up, we have our next tie. So tie for number 14 and 15, we have Thor and Ant-Man and the Wasp. So Ren had Ant-Man and the Wasp much, much higher than I did on my ranking. That's why it falls here at number 14 slash 15. I actually had, um, I had (laughs) Ant-Man and the Wasp higher than Ant-Man. So I also had not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp until this second round of watching all of them. So that one was the only one that I hadn't seen. I like the jokes. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I think it's like well put together all the way around. I enjoyed all of the characters. I think she's one of the she is she is a legitimately badass character. 
Um, oh, also, boss. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I think I think it's really cool that we get a genius Please. woman again. Please um, let her do something in the next Ant Man. Yeah, I, I think it's impossible for her to not do if, something. If they waste her, like I'm, I haven't put her in the wasted pile yet. There's if it's no way. Just Ant Man and the Watch, she's wasted. But they're if, moving if into they, the multiverse. Ugh. They're moving into the multiverse. So she is, she's the literally the most expert person on the so multiverse mad. in their universe. Like one hundred percent. Right in the streets, y'all. If, yeah. if, if Michelle Pfeiffer is sidelined and does nothing in Ant Man three, I will riot in the streets. Yeah. Um, we'll be so, what did you not like so much about Ant Man and the Wasp? It just it started to feel a little bit tired to me. I think the first one is funnier than the second one. I think the Wasp, I do like the Wasp being upgraded because I think she actually outshines Ant-Man in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I think she's a much more competent hero in every yeah. sense of the form. Um, so I did love the Wasp. The villain, again, just is a frustrating because it could be cool. This idea of this ghost girl, but it just, I don't know. It just I, wasn't executed well enough. I liked her better than that. The original Ant-Man villain. I thought she well, was he's a, bland too. I mean, exactly. Like, so as, like, these are all the things that have elevated Ant-Man two <laughs> above Ant-Man in my. I don't know, and the jokes just ranking. didn't land for me as much. Some of these background I characters, I like this. Hot. Oh God, and I hated that Walton Goggins side story of them chasing Ant-Man and them over like whatever money problem, like the gangster money people. That was a weird side story. It was stupid. I was like, why are they here? <laughs> Delete yeah. this. This is dumb. I hate this. But oh, I mean, yeah, but then you didn't get what was the thing. Pa-yaka. That was my favorite. One of my favorite things of the whole thing was this. <laughs> it's too good. Come on. Stop it, Rin. No. Hilarious. <laughs> But then we also have Thor tied for this number 14. And Thor is actually another one. We both ranked Thor at number 13 on our personal list. So another one we exactly agreed on in the ranking. It was a little bit higher when I first watched it. And then just like other things that I liked better kind of like moved it down the ranking. Um, I will say, I think... It feels like a Kenneth Branagh film. So the people who get mad over all the MCU movies looking the same or not having unique style. Thor is one of those older films that has the director's style stamped on it. Like you can feel Kenneth Branagh when you watch the first Thor film. And I think there's the fish out of water thing obviously is fun. And anytime Chris Hemsworth gets to be funny, I'm on board. Yeah. And I Great. like when he's like fish out of water on earth is fun. That, yeah. I, I thought, I actually thought when we did the rewatch that Thor was going to end up higher on my ranking, just cause like, I remember really enjoying it when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Like, I die when he does that. Another uh, smashes it on the ground, oh which they then like reference yes! in Loki. And Loki? I was like, this is I so good. Died when Loki did it. I was like, yes. Um, but yes, so that's like good. one of the Thank best you for parts that fan service. And of course, it's like, a, you know, I mean, it's a pretty, the problem with Thor is that it's a pretty generic story. Like the, the arc of yeah. Thor, we've seen it a million times uh, over and over. Loki is once again wonderful, as, as he always is. I mean, Tom Hiddleston kills it as Loki and the character is always really well done. <laughs> uh, it's a character. It's a fun character to play. I just, 
and this is so weird to me because I love Natalie Portman. I just have never really felt all that much chemistry between the two of them. Like even in this first Thor film, a lot of it hinges on like their chemistry together, like this love story stuff. And I'm like, eh, I mean, I, I'm not against it. I don't think it's terrible. It's not like Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo by any means, but it's just not, <laughs> I don't know, to have that as kind of a main plot point of your story. I'm kind of like, eh. I just okay. go back to this Mark Ruffalo thing real quick. Why didn't they like screen test someone with Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> they picked a brand new guy. They because well, they did him for the first one, so maybe they didn't anticipate in the second film he was going to have That's a love true. story with her. Which, ugh, God, Joss Whedon, you wrote them both, so you know uh, there was no need for that. But yeah, How, any any extra thoughts on Thor? Uh, no, it was just, yeah, it was like kind of boring by the end. It also was like, on rewatch, a lot of them feel too long. And that was definitely one of those movies that like. And the crux is kind of bland, mm-hmm. like that robot yeah. thing that comes to earth. You're just like. Yeah, okay, the this, finale is not like that great. exciting. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, not, it's okay. It's weird because it's not as good as a lot of the other Thor movies. Yeah, well, certainly not as good as the third one, which we'll get to a little bit higher on our list. But next up at number 13, all by his lonesome, we have Ant-Man. Just barely beating out Ant-Man and the Wasp on this ranking. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have Ant-Man higher just because I think it's funnier. Uh, That's literally it. I think the action is about the same. They do a lot of the same stuff. The Wasp is blech. Uh, not the wasp the yellow jacket is blocked as a villain to me yeah but i just i think the first one's funnier so i rank it higher because they're both that's kind of the crux of these films if they make me laugh then you know yeah. they i guess they do their job so yes i also think paul Rudd is so perfect so weirdly perfect i remember when they said they were making an ant-man film and our first reaction was why is it why? not a black widow yes. film <laughs> first of all why and did you do all, this why would you do ant-man this just is outrageous and then like i saw it and was like oh this is really funny oh my god paul red is so cute and hilarious and it's like a perfect role for him it's just the right kind of humor for a paul red right like i i find uh like similar levels of comedy between like a paul red and like a um ryan reynolds Mm -hmm. but ryan reynolds has ryan reynolds would not work as ant-man in the same way that paul red does paul red has this perfect innocent innocent sweetness to him that makes the humor just land perfectly it's yes he's got that innocence to him Um, originally the script was written by edgar wright and you can certainly feel the holdovers from edgar wright's script i think in this Mm -hmm. um and his style because he was supposed to write and direct it until he was like nah i don't like it i don't want to yeah. Well, uh, and this to be okay. So, and and from what I can tell, is it seems to be like an an issue in this case of like style again, yeah, where yeah. like Edgar Wright wanted to make an Edgar Wright film, and yes. they were like, no, 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 no. We there is a <laughs> whole thing we have going here. You have to fit within like the confines of our little universe. And he was like, no, I don't want to no, do that. I don't do that. Which is one. I I commend Edgar Wright for knowing like himself as an artist and just being like, I'm just not interested in spending months 
years of my life working on something that I don't feel excited about artistically. And also, I really respect that Marvel was like, we are trying to make something cohesive here. So we need to have some parameters for our directors to follow. I On both sides, I think it was the right choice all the way around. And I think the that. first film, you could still kind of feel his touches because it wasn't completely thrown out. Like everything mm-hmm. Edward Wright was had done wasn't just like tossed to the trash. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of feel those little bit of influences in there. And I think it just, I don't know, yeah. I, I like Yeah, he's a very, very funny writer. And yeah. I, I, that definitely shows. Well, next, we have a three-way tie for our number 10 position. <laughs> so 10, 11, and 12 are all tied. So in this three-way strag- struggle, we have the Avengers. We also have Captain America, the Winter Soldier, huh? and Spider-Man, Far From Home. Okay. So one of these is the most divisive film on our lists. Avengers. I actually have <laughs> Avengers as my number one. It is my favorite film in it's, the entire Marvel Universe. It's my, like, it's the bottom three it's for me. It's almost last place on Ren's list. I did not like Avengers. I watched it again and was like, I actually remember not really being that excited about Avengers when it came out either. I just, because, okay, I... I watched every single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, and I've seen all of, you know, Firefly and everything Joss Whedon has ever done, I've probably seen. So I was very excited about Avengers. Joss Whedon films. Woohoo. Okay, oh, loves comic books. It's going to be so good. And then I saw it and was like, this is, bo- I don't like this at all. <sighs> and here is my problem with Avengers. I know you have these. My problem with Avengers, it is not a self contained film at all, it is a bridge film. And it is, I don't care about any of the characters really because they they don't explore any of them. It is just, it is just this place to take us from all these other films and mush them all together. And they don't even really finish anything. And it's not really over at the end. And then they move on because it's setting up the next movie. Um, yeah. And and like I said earlier, the the relationship between them doesn't make it, it the the whole conflict between them not getting along feels entirely contrived to me and like it just doesn't i've never used the word contrived in a movie review because i don't like to be that pretentious person but i just did it just felt like it was conveniently placed there so that there was a necessary conflict between them so that then they could team up later (laughs) defeat their they're, oh, they can only fight together. So why do you love it? It's definitely fun to hate the Avengers now. Not saying that that's for you. Other people who have loved it in the past have definitely soured and turned against the Avengers because it's, it's I mean, it's dated, I guess. It's not the current. It's not Endgame or Infinity War. It's brighter. It's more colorful. People think it's ugly because it's bright. Um, cinematography reasons. Also, it is, it may be started this current Marvel formula with the jokes, like coming at the rate that they do in every single film now kind of started in the avengers other films had funny moments but like captain america's first avenger didn't have wasn't joke central like this um so the uh, the avengers i love it because i don't know it just has the scale one that uh nothing before it had and a lot of the stuff after it did like the battle in new york i think is a blast and i love seeing all of our heroes at their peak i think loki in this film specifically 
is, uh, I don't know if he's the best anymore, but he's still top three Marvel film villains. I, I will say one of my favorite movies in all of Marvel uh, movies happens in this film, which is uh, the Hulk smash of Loki. So that is like amazing. amazing. <laughs> I also love, I just love the Hulk with all of them. I love when he punches yeah. Thor after they like team up and do something. Yeah. And then the Hulk just like punches Thor out for no, no reason, just because he's the Hulk. <laughs> Um, that's Chris, what I mean by like I don't understand some of the stuff that they do and how they interact with each other it just doesn't make any I mean, logical sense he's just a rage monster Ren. the Hulk in this film particularly is not honed in he's not like sensitive Hulk yet he's like rage Hulk and he also like but also that <laughs> do something with the Hulk that makes me understand how he turned from a incoherent that line rage does monster. not make sense to me in this film I, I'm always mad being the secret to how he can turn the Hulk on and off doesn't really make sense to me but I look past that uh <laughs> It's a weird line. Very strange. Um, but I love everything with uh, Loki and his interactions with all of the Avengers. Like when he makes fun of Captain America and turns to Thor and is just like, how can you put up with him? <laughs> I just think it's great. Uh, yes, Captain America's suit is ugly in this film, but everybody else looks fantastic, particularly Chris Hemsworth. I mean, granted, the biggest upgrade they did for Chris Hemsworth from Thor to the Avengers is get rid of those eyebrows. Because his eyebrows are kind of distracting because they really went blonde in the first Thor with that bleaching. They did not do that. Um, they were like, he's Norse. It was too much in <laughs> Thor. This movie, he looks great. He has a blowout in this movie. Like his hair is perfect in the first <laughs> Avengers. Um, I think they make sense in this film. I would understand why Captain America and Tony Stark would not like just instantly be friends just because their personalities <gasps> do not mix. They don't blend well. So it just makes sense. Uh, Tony particularly would be like, uh, okay, bro, shut up. Like I'm sick of you already. And then uh, I've, we already talked about this off camera. Thor got a pass from you because he's literally coming to just collect his brother and these people are trying to not let him take his brother back to Asgard yeah. and so he's like move like get out of the way I'm taking my this brother this is Asgardian business yes. yeah, as an like, Italian person I understand this is family business <laughs> you're in my way uh, so but then Thor comes around or whatever and I guess he comes around I, I think the stuff on the helicopter is really cool when the Hulk hulks out on the helicopter <laughs> and then the distrust with uh Tony's I mean with see and that's where that's where Captain America stuff comes from Ren he starts to distrust S.H.I.E.L.D. because he starts to distrust Nick Fury and what they're doing when he sees that like plans and thus learns Tony Stark was a big weapon person and is like uh, I don't know if I can trust these people here so it's just it's all sorry I'm making a like skeptical face because I'm like mm. <laughs> he also was like he also literally is a weapon and he I mean, has a weapon that Tony Stark's dad made like I'm not buying that suddenly <laughs> he's got a problem with necessary war no he has a problem, Ren, because he doesn't know that it's necessary because uh, Nick Fury, like, constantly is lying. And they kind of start to expose him in this film of him being shady and lying to the them. So Cap is like, uh, what are you doing? Like, what's happening here? But 
that will lead us into Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So I think a lot of people would have this much higher than either of us do. It's typically people's like top five. Some people's My reaction was, number why? one. <laughs> and you have it all the way at 16, Rand, all the way I'm, down there. It's fine. It's too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fine. It's too, it does. I don't know. I think it ended up going. It was another one of those. Yeah, it, it kind of just was like, I just didn't care about it enough to like the other movies that I actively enjoyed kind of knocked it. It was kind of middling road for me. And then just kind of like every other thing that I enjoyed a little bit more kind of knocked it down a little bit. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Why do people like it so much? I think it, I think they like because it feels different. It's more of a spy movie compared to the rest of Marvel. It's a little bit more grounded in its person, like in its thing. My problem is I like my superheroes to be super. So that's why I think I never really connected. Like, yeah, it is those things. Cool. But I like fantastical elements. Bucky. That's why I like Thor. That's why I like Thor the most out of them, yeah. other than Chris Hemsworth. I like other superpowers. <laughs> I like superpowers. What? Um, <laughs> sorry. So the villain in Winter Soldier is Bucky, right? Yes. That's and it. Bucky, who ultimately, yes. Yeah, they just have to defeat Bucky in this film. And he like goes away. Okay. So I mean, is it? And that's like an interesting concept, I guess. Like Captain America finding out his best friend from when he was young is still alive, didn't die, and is now a brainwashed killer. Sure, um, but like that that storyline doesn't. I don't care about that storyline until we get into Civil War. And and they flip it, and they're like, oh the real villain is Hydra still because S.H.I.E.L.D. has been taken over by Hydra. That's the other, like, thing in here. We have, uh, what's his name? Robert Redford is, like, the, oh, right. the other villain in, in Winter Soldier. I think probably more than anything, I just, I, I'm actually, like, trying to remember it, and it's, it's <laughs> totally unmemorable for me. I'm like, I just don't, what happened <laughs> in that movie? I don't even know. And people he love found, it. They, the people I know love that it. Bucky showed up because that's what the title is. But like other than that, yeah, you just said Robert Redford. I was like, oh yeah, that's where he came from, right? Because yeah. there's like a scene where they go back in time yes. at some point and he's in it. He's in oh, it. that was, it was uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which we're, is in, in this little grouping. Next, next thing we're talking but, about so we could segue to that. Oh yeah, so they talk about him for like a hot second and one of the characters. Okay, great. How do you feel about Far From, Far from Home? home? I like Spider-Man Far From Home because uh, Mysterio is an excellent villain. And uh, <laughs> how can I not love a theater kid? Like evil theater kid is basically what Mysterio is. So and it's also Jake Gyllenhaal, who I have That's always wonderful. loved and will always love. Well, I hope <laughs> as far as I know, he has no reason to Please. be unloved. Um, but uh yeah, so I enjoy Mysterio. I also really, I tend to really enjoy um, what I call travel porn films. Um, especially just like movies that are set in like beautiful, in interesting architecture and interesting locations. And that's what happens in Far From Home is they go to like all these different countries. And so you really get to see the world. I thought it was funnier than the first one. Um, I, I also, um, I enjoyed... Uh, Peter Parker's arc a lot more in this one. I don't think he gets much of an arc in Homecoming, Homecoming. but in this one, you actually see like it just makes a lot more sense, right? This this struggle of like 
Tony Stark, his father figure is gone and he has these feelings like he has to like take over for him, but he wants to be a, a kid and like you just kind of see his struggle. And it makes a lot more sense to me also as like a like a high school, like like a, a teenager sort of journey, like a coming yeah. of age sort of story. Um, just like where he's where he starts from and where he grows, like learning who do you trust and yeah. And even if you don't have faith in yourself, sometimes other people have faith in you and that can be enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like Zendaya as Mary Jane a lot more in this movie than I did in Homecoming. You get, I mean, just get her a lot yeah, more. Lot I also more. like her better than the other love interest in the last oh, movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, she's just like infinitely more entertaining and she's just a g- great character. Um, you feel so about that reveal at the end with... Um... Um, shoot, Jay Jameson. Happy? <laughs> no, oh. not happy. Uh, the the like breaking news. Um, oh, 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 the post thing that they reveal the identity of yeah. uh, Spider Man. That I'm actually really interested to see where they go with that because I realized that's never been a thing. They yeah. people have never. I've never seen a movie or any sort of media where Spider Man has been completely <laughs> full on exposed to the world. Yeah. Um, although seeing it afterwards, right in, in my like re watch it makes me think of like the this the correlation between iron man and spider-man right so it's like a similar sort of like he doesn't get to hide he has to kind of like be who he is all the time Um, well i definitely i agree with most what you most of what you said i i mostly enjoy spider-man far from home have a few quibbles here and there to why it doesn't break my top 10 personally i think we both had it i have it at 11 you have it at 12 so right outside the top 10 yeah. But then moving along, next up we have Doctor Strange at number nine. So <laughs> I saw I remember Doctor Strange came out uh in 3D and I saw it in the movie theaters and I really liked it as a 3D film. There's so there was this like wave of 3D films for a while, and it was just like because it was a thing and not necessarily because it made sense for the movie this was one of those movies that it legitimately like yeah. made sense and made the movie more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I enjoy the Cape. I enjoy Stephen Strange is a really compelling character to me. I, I enjoy a narcissist who's taken down and then <laughs> has to like learn how to like be not a shitty human being anymore and like change who he is and his perception of himself and um and uh even the whole thing with um Tilda Swinton is weird that's weird it's weird but she's still good I don't know and I and I do like the character in the film but it is weird um, it's weird. It's weird. Visually, it's stunning. I think yeah. I I love what they do visually with Doctor Strange. I agree. I love the cape. The only thing I don't love is the villains. Um, they're all boring. Mads Mikkelsen yeah. running around. He his eye makeup looks cool, but he does like nothing. <laughs> and then we get Dormammu, this big evil cloud, basically who does nothing. And the way that he is defeated is so dumb that it's just yeah. the The entire villain part of this movie is terrible. Uh, but- I, I kind of liked the whole like uh, I liked the defeat of Dormammu I, I like that he's like you're trapped in an infinite loop here with me so either let me go 
but Dormammu, it, it just is so weird to like build up this character. You like build up this character being like yeah. this earth eater. And then and they he, come in for five seconds and it's defeated, defeated with like a, yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and he goes away. So you're kind of just like, okay, true. did we need him? Was he no, not really. He was in this film? We could he was have an saved ultimate him. big bad, but he, yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird. And then but, even the turn is kind of weird of the one character played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah, that is weird. I don't know. The, yeah, I don't know anything, what you're doing with that or why. That just didn't make a lot of sense either. It's just so visually fun that I, I have a it good time watching so Doctor fun. Strange. It's so different from everything else yeah, when the you fight watch The fights are super cool just because of all Amazing. of the moving everything. Yeah. Well, then at number eight, we have Avengers Infinity War. So... The final Avengers part one, basically. Uh, we have Infinity War. And I mostly really love Infinity War. I think it does a lot of things really well. A couple of things I don't love quite as much. One being Gamora. And it still bothers me to this day <laughs> that they reduced Gamora's character in her final film uh, in this timeline to being a lover and a daughter. That was her entire importance of this film is her relationship with Star-Lord and her relationship to Thanos and that's it. And then she gets sacrificed. And it is so infuriating to me, partially because Gamora throughout all of the Avengers movies is hyped up to be the baddest, the absolute best assassin in the galaxy. In the entire, and we never really see her being see like that. We never yeah. get to see her do it. And then she goes out like this and it just... It's really frustrating to me <laughs> yeah. that we defined her character to two men in the movie like that was really frustrating to me. So I have this one a lot further down in my ranking yes. as well. And I think it's the same problem that I have with like, uh, well, a lot of the, the, the Avengers films, which is that mm -hmm. it's just too much for me to care about anything. It's too <laughs> many characters, <laughs> too much stuff going on for me to like get invested in any of it oh, man. so the spectacle is amazing in infinity war though i will say that like the battle at wakanda is so good and and thor speaking of thor has probably my favorite character arc from ragnarok through the end of infinity war of any the, character i love his the, um he gets the the hammer the he yeah, has to he get gets the new thing the new one yeah. okay now i remember why i don't like this film again doesn't make any sense he's like <laughs> he spends so much time getting this stupid hammer that does nothing that right. is just a bullshit no, side story I didn't need to know about. It builds, it allows him to rebuild the Bifrost. So the only way he could get to Earth is thanks to this new Stormbreaker rant. So the only so way we he's able... A, we needed to spend a really long time on this. We needed to devote an entire life. The only life way he gets his grand entrance into Wakanda at the end of the film and almost kill Thanos with it. I mean, it's a badass weapon, Randy. But he Just doesn't. It. He doesn't. He doesn't. But that's and because of again, his own, his Larry, own. It is too much of the movie is about making a, an axe. 
about making a weapon. But it is like that. It we is, get the the grief of Thor. Like we're getting into the psyche of how Thor is feeling. We he just saw his brother die at the beginning of this movie. We get Loki and Heimdall killed right before his eyes. He's like traumatized, uh, <laughs> trying to grieve Ren, and we get those moments <laughs> with him in rockets. God, <gasps> Ren. <Whatever. laughs> What? Also, Captain America's entrance is pretty awesome when he comes to say, oh, that's my other problem. Though. Uh, when he comes to save Wanda and um, Vision uh, is pretty awesome, like him and ScarJo. That doesn't make sense either, why they let those little minions go. I was like, no, nah, no, 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 listen, they got to die. Like, what's happening? Why are you letting them go back to Thanos? But whatever. Also, Wanda, thankfully, I think we're past it. Hope to God we're past it. This film was like my final straw of Wanda being sidelined up until the end of the movie. So bad. They like handcuffed her character so hard. She's incredibly powerful. She's like, a crazy powerful superhero. She was running when it was like her envision under attack. She's like running for her life. And I'm like, girl, you could kill this woman. Stop. Fight her and protect him, and you'll be fine. Oh, it was just. But then we get that moment at the also, end. Also, why is, is that? Why? Why are both of them running again? Vision is also incredibly yeah. powerful. Stabbed, like sneak attack, stab through the stomach, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> so he's not as powerful right now. I just don't. I don't. I don't is, but he is. Is, he, and, is Vision a human or is he? A, yeah. So, well, is he a robot? <laughs> Short circuiting. Like, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Um, I do love this stuff again with Peter Parker. I think he's super fun in this yes. movie. Uh, like the alien reference, or like don't lay your eggs in. <laughs> like everything he does. Uh, that moment too with Star Lord. Oh, you know like, what else I find? Who do you serve? And he's like, Am I supposed to say Jesus or something? Like, <laughs> I, I, I like those little moments. I think I'm also like frustrated. I was just like frustrated watching it too. Like at the end, it's like basically Star Lord ruins everything. Oh my god! Just. Just for no no good no reason, reason, right? It's like so, I, I don't I have control of my anger, so I'm all. going to ruin zero percent. I am going to destroy, essentially destroy half Kill of the universe though. because I don't have control over my emotions. It's just it's it's a it's a lazy yeah, that was, it's a lazy uh, bullshit made, thing yeah, that made me mad too. Yeah, and like I I guess in the context of like there's only one potential way <laughs> for this to work out. Like, okay, sure. But also there's another part of me that's like, oh, this is just like weird kind of shitty writing. Yeah, um, so but- these these were, I just found some like glaring issues also with just like the the overall story of that movie. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I was like bored. I was like, what? Make this stupid Red. weapon and get out. What are we doing Stop here? Stop it with Thor's weapon, Red. <laughs> like a third of the movie, Larry. It is a third of the movie is him <laughs> and a raccoon figuring yeah, out. We have to follow our three main Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. They all go off and they have their own little third of the film <laughs> that we follow. <laughs> all right, so moving along, we have I, Captain I'm America. Not I, did, I didn't get enough of following them in their like previous <laughs> three films all about them. All right, so number seven, we have Captain America First Avenger. So it's actually quite high. I think you have this very high. You had this at number four, Red. Yeah, okay. So the other thing with Captain America is that uh, that was 
I watched it and didn't remember it at all and didn't think I really liked it at all. And then watched it again. I was like, oh, this is really good. I like this one a lot. It has a lot to do with just like the, the story is engaging to me. I really like the journey that everyone takes. It's a fully formed film on its own. Um, I think that is important to me. Again, that's probably why I have problems with most of the Avengers films is that they do not, they don't make any sense outside of the context of the Marvel universe itself. They're not a full film from beginning to end where you like start with characters, you get to know them, you watch their journey, you see things happen to them, they reach the climax and then they get to the end. Um, so that's also why those films all just feel really long to me. Like they're all roughly very long films, right? Yes. Like every single Marvel film is like too long. Um, but some of them feel longer than others. And I didn't feel like Captain America felt as long and his story uh, made logical sense to me to be a little bit longer because you do need that first beginning part to set up who he is before he becomes Captain America. Um, and I, yeah, I, I enjoy Peggy Carter. I enjoy, no, I enjoy interest. Stanley Tucci as the, uh, the scientist who's picking the right person. Um, it just made me like, Captain America a lot more. I think he, I just saw him a lot more as like a human all the way around. And yeah. you, you, there's, it's really hard not to love uh, <laughs> murdering the most evil of the evil Nazis, right? It's like there is something in our American core that is like, yeah, World War II will take you down, you <laughs> evil dictators. And it, it like just at your core makes you very happy. Um, what, what did you like about this film, Larry? Yeah, so this is the only, like, romance that really works. I mean, there's a couple others that I don't mind, mm -hmm. but this is the best by far in all of Marvel is Peggy Carter because she's a great character. And mm -hmm. I think that's, like, first and foremost, the, what we don't get with the other love interest. She's well, a great character on her own. She is. And I also feel like the love story progresses in a, at a... It makes no. sense, the it progression, sense, right? We're like, moving through. It doesn't feel shoehorned in. No. It feels natural that she eventually falls in love with him. I, I do love, like, right at the very beginning when he becomes Captain America, she has that moment of, like, ah. Yeah, no, when <laughs> he comes like, out and he's just, like, like, shirtless, whoa, like, whoa, laying whoa. in there. We're all <laughs> right? like, oh, hey, Chris Yeah, Evans. she basically um, reflected the entire, like, man-attracted uh, populace yeah. going, whoa, whoa, hi. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I th I think it's one of the most wholesome films in yeah. which you would expect from a Captain yeah. America origin story. Um, Hugo Weaving is is fine. Uh, not my favorite role of his as Red Skull, but it is what it is. No, we've um, already gone over that our favorite Hugo Weaving film is uh, Queen uh, Priscilla, Queen Priscilla, of the Desert. <laughs> but yeah, I think th it's another film I have just kind of... I had it at like 14 on my ranking. Oh, wow. So I enjoy it. I, I think it's it's fun. I just, I don't have anything that I strongly loved about Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, I just, yeah, it's kind of the, there for me. Right. <laughs> I know this is another pretty, pretty widespread. It's like the yeah. Ant-Man films, uh, Captain America, first Avenger, and then Avengers are where we highly really diverge. But Infinity War was kind of, but I think it's, it's okay. Um, 
So yeah, moving right along at number six, we have Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and so we, we were pretty close on this one. So yeah. So it's just funny. It's the best. It's I think it's the best of the Thor films easily. Mm, easily. Um, I think you get uh, awesome. It's another one that is like it's like long and a lot of things happen, but it at least like makes sense. Each section is necessary to like move along. But like right from the beginning, it's so good. You've got Matt Damon as uh, <laughs> fake Thor right off the bat. This play that Loki's putting on. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins just Hopkinsing out uh, right at the very beginning. You get a little bit of that bro brother like banter yeah. that we love about Thor and Loki. You have and you get like. Kate- Loki doing his thing, like being evil, but then ultimately yes. being good. <laughs> yeah. And you have Kate Blanchett, who is like a sick villain. She is just so good. Hella is costume. So listen, good. It, top two, probably sexiest villains in the whole MCU. I mean, she yeah. just looks so damn good. She kills it. Yes. And she is hamming it up. That's what I love. Is you can she does. Oh, she's so good. With Kate yeah, Blanchett. She, she is a villain. Um, and then uh, Jeff Goldblum, being Jeff Goldblum, being an alien version of Jeff Goldblum, is like, I'm here for it. I, Taika Get Valkyrie's introduction, and she's great in this yeah. film. She's I love her, and she is such a unique character. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen a fighting, drinking, alcoholic. <laughs> Our first introduction is her not being able to walk straight because she's yeah. so drunk. Badass <laughs> character. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Tessa, Tessa Thompson is perfect, yeah, but so also good. the character is just such a good character and so unique. Yeah, she's fun. And I, I love the Thor having a crush on her. That's really fun. Her I love Thor's like, relationship with Hulk in this movie, too. I know that we are into, like, kind of oh, crazy yeah. Hulk, but I think it's really funny. It's very um, funny. This is just such good jokes. Like, when he's like, the strong, he's trying to get into the spaceship, and he's like, the strongest Avenger. <laughs> the strongest Avenger. <laughs> when he, like, is hiding, Point and he break. just pulls that <laughs> little thing dog. over his face. Like, yes. he just pulls <laughs> What's your disguise? Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. This is this is you already said Chris Hemsworth when he is allowed to be funny is so funny. This is him. This is the funniest Thor ever gets ever. to be. It's probably ever. some of the funniest that like Chris Hemsworth has ever been. Yeah. Arguably he's and, really funny in Ghostbusters. And but- they do it so well by like again, because I mentioned it when I talked about Infinity War, they counterbalance all of this comedy really well with Thor having a significant development. Yeah. Like Thor really goes through a big character moment throughout this film. Like it's a funny joke of like <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, are you the god of hammers? Or are you the god of thunder? Uh, when he loses Mjolnir at the beginning of the film, that's like yeah. his pep talk. Or even yeah. Hella, what are you the god of again? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, they they're funny and ridiculous in the moment, but they signify kind of like this arc that Thor goes on from the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. losing a lot once again, including his eyeball uh, in this movie. <laughs> father uh, fighting his sister that he never knew even existed i mean there's a lot of like and then loki doing his usual thing and and he goes through like and loki grows a lot in the film too as well yeah 
It's, I think it's great. I think yeah. Ragnarok, uh, some people think it's too much humor or too Taika Waititi. And also, I a lot of people this is their favorite movie of the entire. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. I think it's, this is like how you balance them to me. This yeah. is how you balance comedy with the cool action, with more serious stuff. We have Korg, who is played by Taika Waititi, who is also uh, like a breakout star. <laughs> Oh, funny. <laughs> With that little thing he's holding. It's so ridiculous, but so Carl oh, Urban is fun. <laughs> oh, he's alive. So good. And Taika Waititi has that, per- is, is his sense of humor is like this perfect. Taika Waititi knows how to balance humor. Like Jojo Rabbit is um, amazing. It's so well done in terms of like humor then balanced with an understanding of the seriousness of the rest of the setting. Um, so yeah, Taika Waititi is like up there with some of my, he's probably one of my favorite directors that's like currently working regularly. And him being the one coming back, the first repeat director for Thor, Thank I'm God. so happy about Don't it. mess around, <laughs> please. We It would have been such a crime to like finally get like Thor right in a movie yeah. like this and then do another director or, you know, have Thor die off or something. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad Thor's still alive. He's like the remaining OG and Taika's coming back. So, all right, our top five. We're breaking Woo-hoo. into it with number five. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which is the title to the sequel, but you know. Uh, <laughs> so Black Panther, the only Obvious. one of these films to, one, win an Oscar, but two, uh, get nominated for Best Picture. It's kind of shocking that it's the only one to actually win any Oscar, though. Like, none of the other other Marvel films have even won for Best Visual Effects out of all 24 of them or anything. And I, I, I would blame, I think it took that long for the Oscars to accept that, like, yeah. sometimes the movies that everyone likes are also things that are good and have good qualities to them. Yeah. It, it also... And, <laughs> Yeah, I think that was yeah. part of it. I think it was also like hard to ignore how good the production design was on Black if Panther. If it had lost production design and costume design, I mean, those yeah. two, when you're just looking, it's like, come on, like, so, do uh, not. This was another one of those that I remembered liking a lot more when I saw it the first time and then okay. rewatched it. And in context, it was it didn't rank as high for me. Um, I think it was still it's still it's still in my top ten, still yeah. solidly in my top ten. Um, but I think, uh, I was just mesmerized by the design was so good. It's so clean and consistent and beautiful. It's unique from any other Marvel film while it still fits into the Marvel universe, which is an amazing thing to do. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a gorgeous film. And that's what makes Black Panther such a beautiful, like unique experience is that it created a new culture while Mm -hmm. celebrating Black culture in in every facet of how it did it. And Mm -hmm. so it still gave that community the superhero-ness that they needed while also being this celebration. And And, I think that it's, it's great. And I think, so also the other thing about Black Panther, we, in, in, comparison to black widow like we were talking about how it doesn't it takes a serious black widow takes like a serious thing and just like drops the ball and doesn't talk about it black panther talks about a real issue a real thing that we need to think about and consider and is a real problem um 
and actually explores these two sides. And, and mm-hmm. uh, so Killmonger is really another one of the best, best villains in the universe. Again, uh, he ranks really high up there because he's another nuanced villain that you you get where he's coming from and in a lot of ways you agree i mean yeah i mean uh, essentially nikita played by the pita nyango is like the good middle ground she's the Mm -hmm. one giving the real solution between uh we can do both yeah Yeah. we don't need to go ham like he wants to do but yes we do we need to open and you know do all these things because you again this is one of the few villains in the marvel where you're like you know what a part of me agrees with what he's he's saying yeah. at the very least. I understand it. I get it. And I, I, they always kill the good ones though. Huh? They just can't let us, they just can't Isn't have the good like ones. like a rumor they're going to somehow bring him back for the <laughs> next one? Well, I do know Black Panther 2 right now, obviously, is going through a lot of rewrites and a lot of reshoots. A lot of our characters, including Angela Bassett, has been like, I have no idea what the final product is going to be <laughs> like, at all. Like, they I told don't me to know. to say some lions, and so I said them in a costume. I've been <laughs> in and out. You know, it's cool. I just have no idea what's going to happen. Ryan right. Coogler is back, so I hope, I mean... And of course you feel for that. Like they're put in an impossible situation. Like I feel so bad for Ryan Coogler and the entire cast and everybody. That's an impossible situation to move forward with. So best of luck. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I don't have a suggestion. People are going to probably be mad any which way. I I I don't know. So I think people won't be mad if you just make Suri the Black Panther. I think that's that or um, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Um, I think that's that's the best route to take personally rather than casting a, a new person yeah. yes just pass or, the mantle or i don't know uh, I, there might even be something fun to play around with like the killmonger character becoming black panther i might be okay with that i don't know they would have to work on it um yeah, yeah. but uh, what i was going to say there, yeah. with um they killed off black uh, killmonger it if it it sucks cuz he's an awesome villain but it also feels like the only answer it feels like the only thing that yeah. is appropriate yeah. for his character for yeah, him for to like sure. make that decision of like no i would rather die <laughs> but also the score is amazing it also yeah. did win best original score and the original music is fire mm-hmm. i love okoye she is like a top one i don't know one of my favorite minor characters in the entire marvel cinematic universe is okoye because i love her uh, great <laughs> when she, she uses her wig she, as like a weapon i'm here for it she's like <laughs> casual glamorous badass it's it's, so it's very interesting honestly all of them they were like probably my favorite part of um winter falcon and winter soldier was when we got the dora malaje coming in okoye wasn't there but the other members i'm just like i love them so much i also love this idea which is from the comics of black panther has like this badass female all female guard like that's who guards the king of wakanda is like the most efficient warriors in all of earth are these badass black women of wakanda yeah and they're awesome in this film uh some of the cgi hmm? the third act particularly uh that cgi gets a little wonky (laughs) a little video game-esque and and i in some aspects we've talked about this on my other podcast cinema new world a lot of these characters start to get upstaged and i think that happens a little bit to the black panther himself there are just so many great characters in this film 
that at times you kind of lose T'Challa a little bit. Like he's there, he's regal, but his character just kind of calls for him to be that. And you just have, you have Shuri, you have Okoye, you have Nikita from Lupita Nyong'o, you have Killmonger. So there's just these awesome characters all around him that mm-hmm. uh, sometimes he gets a little bit upstaged in his own film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but well, what you can do, I guess. And they have a freaking look at the, what are those jokes, which should never have happened. What are those? No, that should have never happened, Jerry. Who wrote that into the damn script needs to be taken out. Oh, with that the was, shoes? Yes, with the shoes. That, me, no. That should not have been let into the script. <laughs> I think that's kind of cute. It just, no. <laughs> they want, they had to convey the, like, brother-sister dynamic. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best way. No. I like the other stuff. I like her filming him uh, as he, like, punches the suit. But that one moment, I thought, No. <laughs> But anyway, um, I do like an Infinity War too when Okoye is like, uh, when they're bringing everybody into Wakanda for that final battle. And she's like, uh, I thought you meant when we're opening this country, we're going to get a Starbucks or maybe the Olympics. Like, <laughs> I didn't think you meant this for opening Wakanda. Uh, but yeah, Black Panther's great. I'm glad. I'm glad it holds all the box office records it does. I'm glad it got the recognition it deserved. It's wonderful. Mm All right, our final tie-in. For number three and four, we have Iron Man, the film that started it all, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Rock on. I really like both of those movies. They're actually my two and three in my (laughs) ranking. They were very high on your list. Uh, They're seven or eight or nine for me. Do we want to start with Iron Man or do we want to start with Guardians? Let's start with Guardians and then we'll we'll talk about the OG. Okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy is always going to be pretty high in my ranking because it is funny and the music is killer. Those are two things that are like, (laughs) Ren will enjoy this thing if it is. Yeah, there's good soundtrack and it's makes me laugh i'm here for it i also when it came out was like so i was all about chris pratt he's also he's fallen a little in my uh chris superhero actress actor rankings yeah he's fallen down um but uh i he's just i think he's very funny i make a good star lord though he in does. Which way we cut Star Lord, and he was Star Lord when he was he was still on Parks and Recreation. So it was Andy Dwyer. It was basically Andy Dwyer. Just as a little more buff. A buffer version of Andy Dwyer. That was Star Lord, and and that's just enjoyable and cute and sweet. And I was very skeptical of this film right from the very beginning. I was like, "What the hell is this? Why is there a raccoon? This is very strange. I don't get it." Um, but it was hilarious. The music was awesome. Um, and it's just yeah. a, a thoroughly enjoyable experience. I don't Rocket think I... Rocket is amazing. Yeah, Rocket I think We is all so looked funny. at this like tree and raccoon duo. I'm like, mm, okay, Marvel. Yeah. And then you watch the movie and you're like, I love them. We must protect them at all costs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, just quick sidebar. Uh, they are the, the director, uh, James, James Gunn, James is Gunn. doing that new Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad reinvented. And it is, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think, I think if anyone can make that work, James Gunn might be able to. You don't love the shark, Ren? But I just don't under. I. It's such a weird thing that is happening that they are. They're like making fun of themselves within their own. They're like, we know it was really, really bad. Here, look, we're gonna try again, but this time we're gonna make fun of ourselves when we try it. Ha! 
And I, I just don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I, I, it's, it, I, when I saw, saw the trailer, I was like, is this a parody trailer? This is real. <laughs> They're making this for real. Hey, did you okay. love Groot? <laughs> oh, God. Everybody loves Groot. He's uh, his little sacrifice with a heart moment gold. at the end. So yes. cute. We are Groot. Was very the only sweet. thing with Guardians that stretches into Captain Marvel, actually, a little bit, is that poor Lee Pace and Ronan the Destroyer are given nothing to do. Like... Ronan the Destroyer does nothing in this movie. Yeah, so my whole thing, yeah, my 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 only main problem with Guardians of the Galaxy is that like I don't understand Ronan at all. Like I don't know why he hates the he doesn't hate the Kree. He is Kree. Why he hates anyone who's not Kree. I don't like they have like this weird superiority thing. I guess again, kind of try to like explore in Captain Marvel, but they don't do a good enough job. And then he comes in at the end of Captain Marvel. It's just like, no, no, no. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ronan is he looks cool. That design is super awesome, but they do I I love Lee Pace. Uh, it's just yeah, not also I hate I know other people don't mind it. I hate the dance battle. I'm like, what the hell is this? Kill him. Like, why are we sitting here letting him do a dance battle to distract you? This isn't terrible. I'm stop it. But that's my own thing. Just stop the damn dance battle. What's going on? I didn't. Um, I also enjoy Star Lord as like a half god sort of thing. Although I'm like sad that he's not a half god anymore. That kind of is gave like it up. gave it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, we can't have no Ren. He has to be jealous of Thor. He can't be on the same level. God. I mean, I guess Thor is a fool god, but um. all right. Iron Man is the other one. Iron Man. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, the Iron Man was, uh, you know, he's it's the OG, it's the original one, and I thought when I rewatched it, I might like look back, and it's not as good as I remember, and it is exactly as good as I remember it. It is the jokes are killer, the plot moves, it is fun. <laughs> I enjoy Robert Downey Jr. Um, the the plot makes sense. You get a journey with him where he, you know, kind of realizes the error of his ways and the weapons and trying to change. And um, yeah. And, and it, and it's, it feels good while you're watching it. You're like excited for Iron Man and you're excited for all of the things to happen. And yeah, it's, it's just a good movie. I, I, and I also, it's, it's one of the best origin film uh, they, they kind of like they slack a little bit in this universe on like solid origin films. This is a good origin story, right? They just they didn't do an origin story yeah, for yeah. Spider Man at all. We didn't get anything with, with Scar- Black uh, Black Widow. We didn't get anything really with Scarlet Witch. There's plenty of characters in this universe that they just like slack on the origin story. They did not slack no. on Iron Man's origin story. You know from beginning to end who he is, why he is the way he is, and it seems important considering then it like comes around full circle and yeah. you know, he is the one who kicked off the <laughs> entire thing and he is yeah. the one who ends it. Yeah. No, <laughs> I saw I my think- fingers if you didn't hear it in the microphone. Rewatching. See, this was one that I was shocked and you're right. It's the Academy's fault. Iron Man looks amazing still. So for being as old as it is, um, the special effects in here, because I think they use some more practical in the mix. They look mm-hmm. great still. Um, and that was like my biggest shock was like, well, how did this lose best visual effects? <laughs> um, I think I lost to like Benjamin Button, which the effects were okay. But those de-aging effects, I don't think even hold up to some stuff. Again, Marvel does, but you know, um, 
No, but I think Robert Downey Jr., very well-deserved re- career renaissance thanks to this film. He was perfect yeah. casting perfect. for Tony Stark. He's amazing in the role. Gwyneth Paltrow is at her least annoying. Uh, <laughs> when she's um, <laughs> the most tolerable she's ever been. <laughs> this is the most we can no, tolerate. Her. She was tolerable real early in her career before we knew too, anything yes. that was going on in her head. And then she when agreed she to was- do like shallow hell and we all died inside. But um, <laughs> I liked her in Emma. She was a good Emma. She was good. Lighting doors was fun. But this is a lot of, like you said, a lot of fun. You can tell where it's going. Like, you know, Jeff Bridges, Obadiah is going to be the villain at the end. But again, it still makes sense. You understand his motivation as well as a villain. Yeah, Iron Man's great. And obviously it helped to spawn the most successful film universe of all time. So there you go. <laughs> Legit fucking universe. It is crazy to me just to think about the fact that they literally sat and plotted out a decade's worth of movies <laughs> and how they were going to like intersect and where they were going to, they did an amazing Nuts. job. You yeah. see how hard DC flounders with the same concept and they have just as much, fans they have just as yeah. much money they have just as much maybe to even work more with. iconic characters and they have just done nothing but struggle to Oof. build a world that anybody cares about that can consistently do well at the box office or that like is coherent inside of itself so Oof. yeah amazing anyway sorry anyway. we um are getting to the end here Yay, our final two no ties here so coming in at number two, we have Avengers Endgame. So yes. the film that capped off the entire Infinity Stone saga. It was pretty much the, the culmination of all of the films. The only Avengers game that I or Avengers movie that I have in my top ten. Yeah, and she it's has in her top five. High. Yeah, and her number five. Go Rand. It's good. good for it's you. very satisfying. <laughs> There's, I mean, it's really hard to not enjoy it at the end of 10 years and, and it's like one of those that i can just look past i understand people's like gripes with some of the time stuff because it's there and you're kind of like eh. but whatever <laughs> i mean time travel in general you just have to accept or you have to reject yes. the only problems are if you break your own rules and i yes. don't really think endgame breaks its own rules it seems to there's nothing glaring where i'm like oh didn't you just say that can't happen or something so that's the only time i get mad with time travel otherwise it's all nonsense y'all Time travel is nonsense. We don't know how it works at all for real because it does not exist. So, all, uh, <laughs> all science fiction. Imagine that. I also think like they did a really good job of setting up like the new stuff that's coming out. And like it's from what I can tell, there's good, there's going to be a lot of things happening within this multiverse concept. So, it kind of makes sense that they started this time travel yeah. thing yeah. going on um and they've, they've definitely already done a lot of for that with wandavision they're doing a yeah. lot of that with loki right now so and, much with the tva and we already know the next doctor strange is the multiverse of madness so we're going full mo- and, and uh spider-man is spider-man I, is uh, that's quantum mania. So yeah. yeah, he's going into the quantum realm. Yeah, so Spider-Man clearly... is going into multiverses. That's the yeah. theme now. And that seems fun. I'm I'm excited to do that. It seems like a oh. good transition from this 10 years of like, let's be very dedicated to the mm-hmm. traditional 
comic books. And now they're like, yeah, right, guys, we're going to go all nuts here. <laughs> this was such, that's the thing is funny enough. This came out the exact same weekend of the Game of Thrones season eight finale. Both of them came out the same week. Oh my God. What an intense and week for culture. <laughs> one of these showed how you can go horribly wrong yes. in a long eight year yes. journey that interweaves yes. a lot of storylines. The other one showed how you do it right, how you interweave a million different stories and give a yes. satisfying conclusion. We may have been a little less angry about Game of Thrones yes. had we not had this perfect <laughs> example of how to not piss us off. Uh, only ones, like there's a couple, like maybe I would have rather Clint died than <laughs> Natasha, but you know, whatever. I, I mean, it's fine. It it's makes fine. sense to me. I get her needing this like, redemption too. arc. Yeah, she, she needed did it. kill a lot of people. And, and the one who dies is also the one who needed his redemption moment of Tony Stark yes. instead of Captain America it would have hit a lot less if Captain America had done it because that's what I mean we've seen it we saw it in Captain America the first Avenger he jumped on a bomb that he thought was going to blow up to save people you know like that's mm -hmm. that's him to his core whereas Tony Stark that's not been him to his core so mm -hmm. it's really yeah, impactful for even him in the movie his inclination is to be selfish and then he has to like fight is against his family that. oh which is sad um <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it it killed me. I, I I felt sad by the end. It felt like a it felt like a sad and like mm, uh, an earned ending. Yeah. Yeah, it felt very, uh, and that's the thing. It felt very earned. It didn't feel yeah. cheap for Tony to do what he did. And even I, I even like Captain America's final shot uh, back with Peggy Carter. I yes. like where they left him. I, yeah, I like that. I like I love that for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great way to end his arc so that he like yeah. he gets he gets, he gets a happy ending <laughs> he yeah it's that life and it's great most yeah. of our characters thor i didn't love thor's arc in this film i have to say so after the last two films i said i love what they did I wish there was maybe two less fat jokes. Um, yeah, I, I think there's I, a, I'm okay with them being like, oh, he's grieving. So he picked up weight. Like, I'm cool with him being big. I just think they made fun of him too much for it to where I was like, eh, this is a bit much. I mean, like, yeah, fat, fat jokes are like not, they're just not oh, fun. Oh, but that <laughs> moment with his mom where he discovers he's still worthy of Mjolnir is amazing. Oh, uh, yes. That is the great moment for Thor in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I also just like, I enjoy Thor as a mess i i i love <laughs> messy thor he's yeah. a god and he's gorgeous and yeah. he's amazing and in this movie he is a mess, a mess. i love that fun. he realizes he's not like a good king too yes, and he's like you valkyrie you're much better at this than me take yeah. over girl i'm out <laughs> also, i can't help but enjoy the like the weird like a competition between Star Lord and Thor's funny <laughs> as Guardians of the Galaxy. We know, uh, we know who the captain is. Yeah, we know. So I just think most, and of course, one of the most epic, amazing things that I have probably ever experienced in a movie theater is the you know it could be seen as a little cheesy. It could be a little bit you you knew something had to happen when they were all but defeated, and. Doctor Strange opens those portals after they all have been snapped back 
Yes. And we get all of them coming through with the big Avenger score yes. playing. We're reintroduced to all the characters who got dusted away. Yes. How do you not get chills? I mean, yeah. it was just such an I had epic, right amazing now. moment. Talking about it. <laughs> so good. And oh, and even the like Peter Parker stuff, that got me too. When he was crying, and then we got Pepper Potts crying over Tony Stark. It's just like, oh my gosh, stop. I like, this know. is too much. <laughs> um, but everything about well, it is like, great. <laughs> Because who who over ten years didn't also like fall in love with Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark? Who who Even didn't? When we who, disagreed with him, particularly yeah. in the film that's coming up at our number one spoiler alert, <laughs> we disagreed with Tony about quite a lot, and he did some shitty stuff. He was an a hole uh, at least half the time, but you mm-hmm. loved him, and yep. it's it was sad. So Endgame, just a, a a great fanfare and a great way to cap off the story. So then, beating out Endgame, it was present in both of our top two. Coming in as our favorite film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we have Captain America Civil War. Yes. It's it's great. It's It's fantastic. I, (laughs) this is the, uh, I've said this a few times, this is the best fully formed film on its own in the universe, in my opinion. It is you could watch this movie from start to finish and not have seen anything else in the entire Marvel world. And it would still be a great film. This is also the, the as it's also the best like story overall. It's the best film um, from like a, it feels to me like even from like a filmmaking perspective, it feels, it feels whole. It feels interesting and nuanced. I love Zemo as a villain. I, I love him Very even more. Villain. Yeah, I love him even more post-Winter Soldier, but <laughs> I I love I love that they build up this whole thing with these other super soldiers and Zemo's fucking shit up and they're chasing after Zemo and they have all these things happening by the end and then you find out that all leads to this Zemo ultimate super soldier thing and he's like of course I killed the super soldiers this whole thing was all just to get you two to destroy each other and then you have this switcheroo where suddenly you have the epic final battle is between yeah. Tony Stark and uh, and Captain America and and it's great because again like you have this nuance you totally understand why Zemo feels the way he does you get it and they play so much more in this film with this thing that I always think about when I'm watching, I always used to think about when I'm watching superhero films is this is so much destruction. <laughs> They've just destroyed yeah. this whole city. What do they do? Yeah. There is, it's impossible that there's no casualties whatsoever. And they actually deal with that in this film. They like look at the, the, the good and the bad of what they're doing. They don't, they actually start to turn them into real characters real people mm-hmm. that like have to actually think about the consequences of their actions yeah um and like the only one who's even started to think about that at that point is tony stark um mm-hmm. because right in even in iron man he yeah. had to already start thinking about the consequences of the yes. of his actions of his business of what it was doing and so it makes sense that he is the one who is furthest along in the we need to figure out how to be held accountable as Ugh. superheroes so that we're not just now we get that great up. moment where that woman gives the picture of her son yeah. after Wanda. Whoops, uh, kills. Oh no, he got killed in Sokovia in Iron Man or uh, Avengers Two. Yeah. Wanda blows up that building by accident and starts yeah. all of this Sokovia stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh. Uh, and then Black Panther introduction in this movie yeah. is amazing. Oh, good. You get a full, you get a full arc for every single character. I don't, I don't stop caring about any character that's a main character in that film, right? Like I learn about Zemo and you get a full arc for him. Same thing with Black Panther. And a lot of times in these films, when there's a lot of different characters, some of them kind of get left out and you just don't care as much. But that is not the case here in Civil in Civil War. You yeah. you see Bucky uh, and all the things that he is dealing with, uh, what he's done yeah. and having to start cope with mm-hmm. all of that. You, Bucky is what, Bucky's storyline is really what Black Widow's storyline should have been. And that's mm-hmm. like, that sucks that they... Yeah that she was there first and then they reintroduced <laughs> Ben, and they were yeah. like, so this is, this is the nuanced storyline that we probably should have yeah. given to this only female superhero we have. Um, but instead we're going to do it to this dude. Um, the action is great. Like the, the when Black Panther yeah. is hunting down uh, the winter soldier is oh really also, intense. That fight between them is so good. The like Ant-Man and Spider-Man yeah. and the, the banter and is in there. so good. It's so funny. That, that, like that Spider-Man, like- you know that really old movie Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It, it was one of those, it felt like the most comic book fight mm-hmm. right like especially you know i just remember like spider-man is always like throwing out banter during fights and like also when you're reading a comic book there's always little banter yeah. and stuff happening because you're just looking at a picture right and at the end of the day they're friends so yes. it makes sense to have this yes. banter because they, yeah they're fighting each other but they're not like fighting to kill they're just yeah. And then we do get like the consequences because War Machine gets hit by accident and is crippled. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we yes. get that and, moment too. And they do an amazing job of like of, of balancing that humor and the drama of it, right? There are moments and where then, your heart and is And then we broken. go dark. And then that yes. final battle is full of emotion because Tony Stark <laughs> finds out that Bucky killed his mom and, and his dad, but he's definitely more concerned about his mom, uh, killed his parents. So you, once again, like philosophically i'm on steve rogers side i don't think they should be signing these damn accords and we see later in the series uh the government <laughs> always got their own agenda so no they shouldn't but emotionally, funny, I, I actually have a lot harder time with it. like there i always feel like i'm of the mentality of like okay sure in a superhero film yeah. whatever but like if you want to place it into a real life setting vigilantes are not okay we cannot have people <laughs> running around that i mean get to the side also, for the like, rest of us good and evil they can do I'm what like, they want but they do mention it uh they have a god from a different planet and a hulk that sign whatever the hell you want how are you going to hold thor accountable to any earth law you're not so (laughs) um, but i like i get that yeah i get that inclination i also get the like x-men like if we register all the superheroes then it becomes a problem yeah so So, i mean it's a good it's a good problem it's like and they build it up as a good problem yeah but emotionally i fully understand tony stark uh i know that mentally you can get this man was brainwashed but watching him kill your mom on screen, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> that is a rough. And then finding out that Steve Rogers knew you um, and was your like he friend. said, you're supposed to be. That is a rough situation to ask someone to just forgive. Um, yeah. So that final battle where he is fighting the two of them, 
it's so emotionally fueled and one of the most intense like oh I don't know you're just like oh my gosh you can feel it with everything Mm -hmm. in that battle it's so good yeah well I'm like every other battle is you know it's like this is the bad guy and the good guys and so it's very easy to kind of like follow there aren't emotional stakes to any of the other battles in the marvel universe really this is the first one that like you don't know how you're you're conflicted as an audience member you're like i don't wow i don't know how i feel about that you understand bucky was brainwashed this is his best friend he knows he wants to defend him you also understand he murdered his parents and he is upset and that is also reasonable like yeah. they're like i don't know what to do yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry everyone and then, and then you pick up like Zemo and you're like oh. this, this fucking genius he won He's and that's the brilliant. other thing zemo wins in the end no wins they, the they break wins. up uh tony stark is like screw it i'm done with you you don't deserve that shield and we pick up with them in the next film and they haven't talked to each other in however long because they're not together this is Tony. I mean, uh, Steve and Natasha and them are on the run from the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're vigilantes for real, for real now. Um, and getting that moment with Black Panther, like you said, he's so contained because his whole mission has been getting revenge for his father mm-hmm. and getting that moment of like, you know what? I'm, I've watched. I've been following you all this whole time and I'm not going to let revenge consume yeah. me. But also, you don't get to die. Hold up. You it's, still have to go to jail, sir. <laughs> it's also so, it's beautiful because you, in one, in one scene, you see what revenge did to one person. And then the, the character who is pursuing revenge, seeing what happened and then making a choice to do something else. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Yeah. Um, I don't understand people who don't like Civil War. I don't get it. I think it's a lot of comic book people who don't like it because it it just doesn't do what civil war does in the comic books they completely changed it but i think they changed it for what needed to happen in this universe uh, the what what happened again the comic books still have x men coming into civil war they had all these things that marvel did not have at the time and they made it a more big cosmic type event this worked so mm-hmm. well and uh, this is a you know what sometimes you'd need to just ignore the source material i'm sorry people sometimes it needs to happen particularly in comic books because comic books do a lot of things that will come off crazy on television (laughs) or film i'm sorry they're making a 10 year long (laughs) storyline between movies like they kind of (laughs) should get a little bit of leeway on changing the plot a little bit also yeah i i don't i can't do i can't deal with any nerd that's like this because like Marvel themselves has like 20 versions of everything. Yes. Like yes. they're they Comic also, books like, retcon themselves constantly. Constantly. They're always like changing shit yes. just to like <laughs> change it. Or just, oh, there's a new thing. Oh, this person who says not dead anymore. Ha ha. That's well, just so interesting oh. too. This I know, you know, to fuel that fire. We had Batman v Superman and then Civil War in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> And one is just so great and it yep. showed you exactly how to do it. And the other one was such a hot mess and shows you exactly what I'm goes wrong too. when you do it. <laughs> so just seeing that stark contrast made me love Civil War even more because we saw like, this is what happens when you do it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and we got this amazing version over here that was like, oh, okay, no, this is, this is right. This feels good. <laughs> 
So that was our ranking for all 24 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been quite the ride. <laughs> Thank you uh, for we, joining us and listening yeah. to our opinions that you probably vehemently disagree with. Yes. Uh, th- throw, throw your tomatoes at Rin. Uh, <laughs> I already, Whatever. I've like what I've I already like. thrown them at dart eyes at her and <laughs> judged her very harshly when I got the list via text. You wanted today. to know how we really feel. <laughs> So that was it. Yes, leave your comments vehemently disagreeing, agreeing. Were there any inspired choices that you heard here today? Feel free to at me. Yes, feel free to at Ren. She doesn't check her Twitter anyway. So uh, (laughs) there you go. Uh, But you can also at the podcast. We'll be putting up little polls and stuff on our Twitter as well. So leave your comments down in those sections. Make sure that you go over and listen to the Black Widow review we just posted since we did not give our thoughts on Black Widow in this ranking since we literally just talked all about that film just the other day here on the podcast. So, Ren, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? You can find me at rennyp 13 on Twitter and you can find me at rennyp 13 on Instagram. She's actually Ren Manly on Twitter. See, this is, this is this is how little she uses that Twitter. That explains like when I'm trying to sign in with that screen name. It's just like, it's like, no. No, girl. We don't, we don't recognize even have you. that username. I have to go to a specific browser because I have all the stuff saved. actually saved. He sends me all the links to our Zoom via Twitter, which I think is like him trying to get me to be on Twitter. It's not working. <laughs> Clearly, it failed. <laughs> uh, but you can follow our Instagram and Twitter pages, both at Cinema Snarks. And you can find me at ChiliBoyYT on Twitter, ChiliBoyProductions on both YouTube and Instagram. YouTube is also where we house all of our visual version of the podcast. So if you want to hear all those little visual cues Ren gives about the faces she's making, uh, or if you're just <laughs> Very curious, impressive. if you're curious what we look like, you can head on over to the YouTube and leave all of your ranting comments there. Uh, YouTube is known for vicious YouTube comments. So if you vehemently disagree, please deliver. You'll you'll <laughs> fit right in on YouTube comment section. We love you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.